podcast is back for 2019 wishing you and your houseplant a very happy new year i hope you had a fab festive season and that there were either some houseplants or maybe some houseplant related items in santa's goodie bag for you i got a wonderful hand lens i got a cactus and succulent print some wonderful crochet plant pots and lots more to enjoy and i may have treated myself to the odd little treat off ebay as well in the form of some smithiantha rhizomes which arrived today how exciting a new package in the post but for some of us the house plant obsession can go a bit far We've all been there, that moment when that must-have houseplant just leaps out at you and you must have it, even though you don't really know anything about it, or possibly you don't have anywhere to put it, or usually both. Here's listener Erin Wessel of the central United States, who fell very heavily for a very large fern. I, I bought a fern from a grower in Florida. It's called the giant leather fern, Actinopterus. And it is, I got it in the mail. It was about seven feet tall and it did not, it did not fit fit on any of my tables at all. And the, the rhizome for it was too big to fit in the pot that I had gotten for it. So I had to kind of like haphazardly pot it up in a box outside for the summer. Sound familiar? Yeah, thought so. Well, I'm glad to say that Aaron did manage to keep his fern and find a way of fitting it into his apartment. Listener Letty Reynaldo, who lives near New York, also has struggles in keeping her houseplant collection under control. It is pretty much like an addiction. You want to, uh, uh, and I think when with social media, which I was never... I've never, uh, like I said, I've never been on, on, on Facebook or anything like that. I mean, I have an account, don't get me wrong, but I've never been one to be on it and say, hey, I'm going to eat at this place. I've never, I've always, meet, that part was always about fl- plants, actually. That's all I did was just look at people's plants. And, um, and when I see this amount of plants, it becomes like, okay, I need to stop. But you say that, but I just ordered the uh, Hoya Bella because I don't know why. I like the flowers. <laughs> I'm looking at the Hoya Chelsea, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking to myself, why did I buy that? It's not like a beautiful, you know, looking flowering plant. I might be 80 years old by the time this flowers. It's all right, Letty. You are amongst friends here, and we all understand how you feel. I know from speaking to many of you, either in person and on social media, that you blame my show for making you buy lots of plants that you've just fallen in love with. And that's a lovely thing when new and exciting houseplants can come into your life through On The Ledge. But I'm also aware that sometimes the number of houseplants you have can start to become a bit of a burden. And that's something I'm addressing in this episode. I'm going to be talking to Joe Cook, who's a hoarding expert, about how to know whether you have a problem with hoarding houseplants and what you can do about it. 
Hopefully most of you will listen and realise you don't have that much of a problem after all and there are a few simple things you can do to keep your collection organised and lovely. But for some of you, this may be a big wake-up call. If that's you, please head over to janeperone.com where my show notes contain loads of great resources for anyone who thinks they've got an issue with hoarding of any kind. There are loads of different ways of getting help. So now let's hear from Jo and I'll let her introduce herself. My name's Jo, Jo Cook. I'm a professional declutterer and organiser. Um, I have been for the last five years. I've also written a book called Understanding Hoarding, came out last year. I help people in their homes. I help people that have hoarding issues and people that have uh, that are also clutter bugs. And I can be helping people declutter handbags. I can help people declutter um, beer mats, fishing rods, um, and also look at plants. Um, that can be included as well as out-of-date food. So my job is very varied. When it comes to this podcast that I make, I'm always hearing from my listeners that at the end of every episode, they've got a big, long list of plants they want to get. And I kind of feel slightly responsible about the fact that I know some people end up with collections so large that things start to get a little bit out of hand. And rather than providing a lovely escape from life the the house plants start to tip over into a thing to worry about and get stressed about so this is why i wanted to talk to you about hoarding specifically in relation to plants just to find out if there's any kind of warning signs we should be looking out for for when our plants our collection is getting a bit too much what are the things we need to think about when we're sort of deciding if we've got an issue with hoarding plants I think it's I think it's when you fail to start opening up the plants that you've ordered when they begin to die when you you haven't you you become so overwhelmed with your collection that you don't do anything with them because of the the sheer amount of plants that you've got and and where are they going to go uh, I think in the same way as when we we might order clothes we don't know where where they're going to go if when we're going to have time to wear them and and I've been into people's homes where there are literally unopened packets of seeds and plants that have been delivered and they they remain unopened and, and almost hidden from me because they feel embarrassed and ashamed that, that they haven't planted them or haven't given them to the friends or, or done anything with them. But it's become almost um, a compulsive that they need to buy this plant because it's the latest edition of a plant and they must have that. It, you know, it might relate to to orchids, for instance. I think, I mean, orchids. There are many sort of passionate orchid collect, collectors, as well as cacti. Cacti seems to be another plant that people love to collect. I don't know if you found that, Jane. In, yeah, in, definitely, definitely. And so, so that's interesting. So, if we're getting to the point where, as you say, we're almost ashamed of the fact that we've got something that we haven't even opened or we've we've not been able to to pot up or put anywhere because, well, perhaps there isn't any room or we just don't have the time anymore. That's the point when we need to start looking at this seriously. I guess the first step possibly is acknowledging you've got a problem, right? Because I presumably a lot of hoarders don't think of themselves as hoarders. No, and they, they, they fail to recognize, um, they become almost blind to their clutter until someone actually points out, well, you know, Joe, you've got, you know, 
12 cacti that, 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 that you haven't put anywhere and, and they're dying and how much did they cost? So many, many hoarders are, are in denial that they've got a problem and nor, nor do they want to address it because it's, 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 it's a, you know, it's a, an emotional, um, pull that they feel that they have, they have to buy things. It, be, it becomes compulsive and it only becomes a problem when, when, Houses fail to function in the way that they should. So if someone's plant collection suddenly, you know, encroaches on the functionality of a home, or it may be that people's finances are impacted um, by their need to hoard, that, that's when it becomes an issue. And generally what I like to do is, 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 is sit down with people and, and by grouping things together, they can then work out, oh my goodness, you know, I've got... 12 packets seeds of cauliflowers that I haven't done anything with or they might even recognize that they've got packets where it's so faded that they don't know what's in it and then, and then when they go to and this is a good example I worked with one lady and she said well I'm just going to throw them in a pot and see what happens I'm thinking they might be sort of pretty poppies and they ended up being sort of cauliflowers and cabbages and things like that so um. <laughs> <laughs> and um do you find that once people have have had it made clear to them that they do have a problem that then it's an uphill struggle to get them to actually work through this issue in terms of of, of removing some of those plants how hard is it for those people then to let go it can be very hard I, i've worked with one with one lady and we were tackling her kitchen um, and she was even having trouble letting go of cereal boxes that were empty. And a colleague of mine, what we saw were dead plants on the windowsill. He, he began to put them in the compost and she said, no, you can't throw those away. Um, I know that they're dead, but they're there as a reminder that, you know, my mother bought them for me or, or that was a present that my son gave me. So people are very reluctant to even throw dead orchids or plants away because it was a present and also they you know sometimes want to be reminded that they didn't look after them very well and whereas my my job will be let go of anything negative let go of anything that's dead for, for them they need to feel that guilt that they haven't looked after that possession very well that's so interesting and what's the usual root of this issue i mean i suppose it, my idea is that it's that there's some kind of been some past trauma that's 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 expressing itself in the form of wanting to hoard is it always that or is it just somebody sometimes somebody's just got that personality and there hasn't been any specific trigger generally um hoarding is, is triggered by a life event through some sense of loss, and, and more recently, we, the research has shown that, that hoarding can be triggered by a lack of warmth growing up. So, you know, a, a, lack of, a lack of love felt from their parents. So hoarding very much acts as a, as a comfort blanket, as, just like a, a child will have all its teddies surrounding itself and its cot. Hoarding acts as emotional insulation. So people want to have as many things around them to make them feel secure and, and, and loved by things. So to have, have th things around them rather than people can, can ease the anxiety and, and the sense of sort of lack of love that, that, that they felt going up, growing up. So it, it feels, it, hoarding is, tends to be triggered by a void. You know, there's an emptiness, if there's a loss, whether it's loss of love, you know, loss of a partner, loss of marriage, any type of loss, hoarding fills that void. And once we've recognised that 
that we have a problem. You you described sitting down and, and trying to evaluate something. I guess that's the that's the really tricky part. And is is this where another family member or somebody objective coming in from the outside can be a help? Or is, I mean, I can imagine getting kind of wound up if somebody says, oh, we're coming in, you don't need that plant. But I guess it's the way that's sensitively handled in terms of having that support. Absolutely. And and, and if I recognise that someone has a real passion for plants, that plants is their their thing, that is, that's what sparks joy in their life. It gives them, you know, great pleasure. I would look about, well, I'd look at what else can we let go of to accommodate your love of plants. So you almost make sacrifices. So it might be that they might free up space for the things that don't give them so much joy. Um, so I, I look at the whole house, you know, sort of rationally. Um, and, and sometimes I, even people I know who have a, this one chap who has a love, a love of fishing rods to the point where, you know, he removed one of his chairs in the living room because it, it, that equaled being able to accommodate more fishing rods. So, and people will do that with plants. You know, they will they will remove books from a window ledge or books from a bookcase so they can have more spider plants. Yeah, that's that's ringing a few bells there, <laughs> there for me. Uh, and I guess you know, I mean, I'm slightly sort of snorting as I hear about the guy with the fishing rods. But in reality, one has to recognise that that's no more uh, silly uh, a, a collection than a collection of plants. Really, it's just we've all we've all got something we love, um, and you have to kind of say, well, good luck to the guy with his fishing yes. rods. That's absolutely yes. fine. What do we do if? We don't, we've, we've really honestly looked at this and, and uh, we've decided that we don't have a problem. And yet our families are still telling us that we have a problem. Um, you know, that's a difficult situation then if you, you're convinced you're not a hoarder, but your whole family is telling you that you are. (laughs) What, what do you do then? Well, family and friends can, you know, they find it so frustrating. And, and I have many calls from family members. And family members, I run two hoarding support groups. So people come to, to support groups to, to help with their hoarding. And, and family members say, I just don't know what to do. You know, my mother won't listen. She's got too many plants. She's got too many clothes. My, you know, my father has too many fishing rods. He won't let go of anything with a plug on it. Um, you know, and I'm really worried about it. And, and I have to put things in perspective for them and say, well, what is the re- what are the implications of that person's hoard? How is that impacting on you? Um, so there, there needs to be sort of there needs to be a type of acceptance that this person has a hoarding issue, and we can't fix it. Um, they need to want to, to want to change themselves, and actually, it's removing any judgment and being able to support them um, is the best that family members can do. Um, rather than feeling they've got to go in and rescue and bring a skip in and get rid of it all, it, it's working closely with them to make sure that they are safe in their homes. So, and put in perspective, you know, you might not live in the same way as your mother or father lives, but you, there's a certain amount of acceptance that you, you have to feel and, and, and acknowledge. When you're working with somebody with plants, I guess the extra added problem of it being a living thing comes into it. What would you, if say you've got somebody, for example, who's who's a lover of orchids, who's got an awful lot of orchids, where do you start then in terms of saying to them, right, you know, you've you've got all these dead plants which you've had delivered. Um, I guess that's the first place to start in terms of 
just possibly putting some of those on the compost heap. Well, it is, and it, and, it, and it's acknowledging the, the the waste of money. Perhaps you know that that's the, the the bit that tends to come to the forefront of someone's mind to start with is I spent all this money on it, and then secondly that they're dead. Um, but from my point of view, the good thing about plants that are dead is they don't go to landfill. You know, they they can be composted. So that is a real bonus that someone could think, well, all right, this. This orchid is dead, but at least it can be composted. Whereas something else that 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 might you know something that might break is broken and, and you can't fix it. So that that is at least adds some sort of alleviation from from that. And and I think we talk around about planning and thinking. Well, why don't you set aside Saturday mornings? for dealing with your house plants so there's a structure to their week so that they they spend time accommodating their love and their passion so that it doesn't become a problem and they don't you know they're not then left with all these plants that they haven't done anything with so it's sort of setting up structures and home plans and saying well don't try not to order any more plants until you've dealt with the ones you've already got because otherwise there's going to be a, back, a backlog and and then there's this, this conflict of which plant do I love the most? So then there's suddenly, you know, the dynamics of I don't know which one I want to deal with first um, comes into play. So nothing happens because I then feel too overwhelmed to deal with them. And do you find at some point if people really embrace some change in their lives and do ta- start tackling this issue, that they start to get the other sensation, which is the thing that helps me get rid of plants that are either going to the compost heaps or oftentimes that I'm, that I'm giving away to other people is a feeling of kind of uh, lightening and freedom when you do get rid of some excess plants and you think, oh, great, they're going to a new home and I've, I've opened up my life and I don't have to worry about that plant anymore. Absolutely. It can be very liberating, especially knowing that you, an, you know a new home can be identified and the plant can be loved just as much as you'd love it but someone else is going to enjoy it just as much um whether it's plants going into you know especially if there's an outlet that you have a real pull you know whether it's plants going into a care home or into a conservatory in a in a children's nursery or or whatever it might look like and i know that some of the things i people let go of I sent to the women's refuge centres and that's a real pull knowing that their toiletries and their towels and their sheets are going to be appreciated by someone that has nothing. Um, so yes, it, once they can identify, oh, I know who will love this, that, that, that it can be feel really liberating knowing that it's going to a good home. I think that's something to cling on to when you're, when you are thinking about getting rid of plants. And even as you say, that's something going on the compost heap. Well, hey, it's going back into the soil and making uh, some new compost for you to use elsewhere. And, uh, that's, that can only be a good thing. Um, are there any other uh, points that we've missed in terms of how to tackle this problem? Is there any other advice you'd offer for somebody who might think that they're tipping over into a bit of a hoarding issue with plants? I think it's a good idea to take stock of what you've got, because sometimes I don't think that we do, especially when there might be a clutter of cacti, for instance, but, and, and they might be located in various nooks and grits of your home, is actually to bring them all together, just in the same way as we might think, actually, I think I need a new pair of jeans. But then when you bring all your pairs of jeans together, you think, oh, actually, I've got plenty of jeans. 
I don't need any more. I think it, that could be the same way with plants, bringing all your plants together. And I think looking at them, just as sometimes if you have too many pictures on a wall, paintings, you can't really appreciate any of them because they haven't got the room to breathe. And I think that can be the, that can be said of plants from a visually sometimes just one one plant on its own on a windowsill or three you can appreciate the look of and the beauty rather than all of them, all 50 of them being crammed together. That's an interesting point. I, I've also urged people to try putting more than one plant in one pot so that you're not having millions and millions of individual pots, which can get look very cluttered and crowded. That I found is working quite well for me because I did get to the point where I had so many pots uh, and that I was kind of running out of sources and cash pots for them to go in. Um, and if you can combine, that seemed to work quite well for me. But yeah, that's, that's a really good point and as you say we'd probably all be very shocked if we put all our house plants together and actually looked at them maybe that's something to do at some point and take a, a class photo of all <laughs> of all my house plants uh, that's a fantastic idea and setting aside that specific time as you say to work on them is also great I mean I often find myself you know I'm making the dinner and I'm also you know missing something and rather than sort of enjoying the time it's kind of squeezed into other things so actually setting aside that time is is a is a great idea um and hopefully this also makes us be able to enjoy our collection all the more because if they've got if you've tipped over to the point where it's a worry and a stress rather than a pleasure then why are you still doing it ultimately um but that's a hard message for us sometimes for us to understand and uh yeah i sympathize for all the families out there who are dealing with people with huge plant collections <laughs> um it's 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 something especially when you go away on holiday as well i mean that's another point if you've got a fishing rod collection it's going to be okay for a few weeks but the plants no <laughs> and then and then you have the whole cost i think I, one lady i work, i think she's got an irrigation system set up and and, and pays her cleaner to come in and and you know water the plants and it, it becomes it, you then become custodian you know to your plants rather than something that it becomes a a responsibility and a burden rather than something that you want to enjoy um and and look at and i think that's that's when it, it, it can tip over the other side as well well that's all fantastic advice joe uh thank you very much for joining me today thank you forget to check out the show notes at janeperone.com for lots of great resources including details of joe's book understanding hoarding which is published by sheldon press listening back to this interview really made me focus on what's important in my plant collection and one of the things i've resolved to do in 2019 and i resolved to do it in 2018 and didn't finish was finish mapping all of my houseplants onto a spreadsheet so I can follow exactly what I've got and I've already made a start today so tick for me and I hope that you too can find the time to really streamline your houseplant collection and make sure that every one of those plants it means something special to you don't be afraid to throw anything out that just isn't bringing you pleasure or perhaps find another home for it with a friend or family member as we've learned through all the episodes of On The Ledge, not all houseplants will thrive in all settings. So if a houseplant isn't right for you, it's time to move on.
not doing a Q&A this week because next week will be a Q&A special and also and I'm also going to go through a list of some of the vital plant gadgets that you might need as a houseplant collector. If you're not a member already, do check out Facebook group Houseplant Fans of On The Ledge on Facebook, our lovely, friendly, warm and helpful group where you can get lots of advice, share your plant successes and failures and generally shoot the breeze about your indoor gardening habits. Please do answer all three questions when you join, otherwise you're not coming in. And my lovely moderators, Nathan and Amy and myself, are on hand to help you with any problems you have on the group. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you to my guests, Erin Wessel, Letty Ronaldo and Joe Cook. I'll be back next Friday for more houseplant advice, tips and expertise. See you later, alligator fern. The music you heard in this week's episode was Roll Jordan Roll by the Joy Drops and Ration Pidity Pacara by Samuel Corwin, both licensed under Creative Commons. See my website, janeperone.com, for details.